Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we revisit all those amazing reality shows that only had one season. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And we can begin. (laughs) You always lure me to sleep. Um, well, because you told me that I was, like, too gregarious before. And I told you... messed we, up the recording levels. I told you we were both too loud. <laughs> In my defense. Well, I've taken it way down. I, lo- I actually love your soothing voice. I genuinely enjoy it. Um, well, part of the reason it's so soothing, you guys, and one of the many reasons we haven't recorded in a long time is because I'm sick, so bear with me, and I have, I've had a sinus infection for a few weeks, so if I cough or do anything like that, I apologize in advance. Yeah, and we're sorry it's been so long. I'm glad we told you that summer would be sporadic, but a work trip turned into bronchitis, and then you were away, I was away, you got sick, my air conditioning was broken, my husband got sick. (laughs) The month of June was not kind to us. Yeah, it's been rough, rough going, y'all. Yep. Yep, but it's July. We're turning over a new leaf, and here, we're back. And we're back. Um, Again, probably sporadically through September, because (laughs) unfortunately with my work schedule, and then I go to the beach on my weekends off now, um, the only day I ever have available is two Mondays a month, and sometimes Meredith has stuff to do, and sometimes I want to have a date. So it's been hard. But like once uh, Labor Day is over, we'll be much more regular with you guys, and we apologize. But we're back. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so let's do house cleaning. And you guys, like something amazing just happened right before we turned <laughs> on the microphone. Um, I finally figured out Twitter. Uh, I am going to pretend that it's a new function. And those of you who tweet all the time can tell me if it is. But I discovered that at the bottom, you can either click all or you can click mentions when you're looking at your notifications. And I've clicked mentions now and I'm not going to have to wait through anything. And it's a whole new day. We really are turning over a new leaf in the month of July. It's a whole new day. Um, Okay, so Twitter real quick. Um, Taylor tweeted us, sorry, Sleazy T. Maybe you make me sound Southern because because I say y'all, since living in Memphis, this has made this... Oh my God, obviously my cold medicine's affecting me. Let's start over. Maybe you make me Southern because sometimes I say y'all, since living in Memphis, has made this LA girl Southern. P.S. Here's the podcast, and she linked on the podcast her father was on about infertility. Oh yeah, I saw um, And I retweeted it so you guys can see it. That was on May 16th, so if you want to go back. Um, and then she said, wow, I send you guys a lot of tweets. Should I be embarrassed? Never, ever, ever, ever. We love them. Nope. Um, and then Chris M. Mass C1 tweeted us and Mayor and said, I'm living for a Hey, It's Mayor B. Runway, run, run down of Andrew M. I'm so intrigued and fascinated. I, too, want to style Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Uh, you and me both, Sister Friend. Yeah. Um, and then Lee from Down Under, uh, Texas, <laughs> Lee Fenn. Um, Mayor, I drive a red Corolla, too. You, me, and Kelly, kindred power bitches, though I guess Kelly has long since upgraded. You never know. You never, you never know. know. We were actually driving around in Mayor's red Corolla earlier. 14 years strong. It's a maze. <laughs> um, and then Chris, um, at Masquen, hit tweeted us and said, um, so this is totally random, but the talk about tabby socks reminded me that there are also tabby shoes. I believe designer Martin Margiela, it's M-A-R-G-I-E-L-A, started the craze years ago, but they have been copied many times over, creeps me out, and then sent us this disgusting picture that also creeps me out, because they just look yes, like Yes, I, re- I remember those. Sarah Jessica Parker was photographed mm. wearing some of those. They're disgusting. Yeah. I could sort of deal with it, and that's like a boot, like, maybe in a high 
heal, but I, it's not good. No. Not good at all. No. Um, and then Heather Johnson, our good friend Gloom Cookie, um, uh, tweeted us and said, I'm looking at Andrew's um, Andrew M's Instagram page while I'm hearing you talk about him on the episode, and his logo screams sports team to me. Doesn't it look it doesn't it look very much like the Yankees logo or some other team? Yeah. This coming from me who knows nothing about sports. So. No, it, it's meant to look like the Yankees logo, I believe. Oh, you think? Because y- well, New York. Because he's a long time yeah. he's a New Yorker through and through, yeah. Um, and then oh, this is where Heather gets in trouble with me. Um, I'm here with my head hanging in shame to tell you that I was what you'd call a poser. Honey, I know what a poser is. My goth flower <laughs> didn't bloom until after college. I got away with it, though, because people always thought that I was seven to eight years younger than I was. Um, and Heather, to this day, looks incredibly young, but um, I was goth in high school, and I would have called you a poser, sister friend. Oh. Um, but we love you, Heather. Um, <laughs> and then she also said, my husband was in the room when you mentioned the Olsen twin comment about being an adult watching New York Minute, and his response was, oh, they must be talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment now. No judgment. Um, and then relevant podcast. Oh, wait, what did I just do? How do I tell who this is? Because I can't, I want to read the whole thing. Oh, there we go. Um, relevant podcast at We're So Relevant tweeted us and said, At One Hit Pod is giving me life right now. Hashtag amazing. What? Um, oh, I should, I missed that one. Let me heart it and retweet it. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did I miss that? I don't know, because I'm, well, because now I'll never miss anything because I know how this works. Um, and then Heather tweeted us and said, it's World Goth Day, and yes, I had boots similar to these, and they, I think Andrew McCamell probably has them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, she tells us that she lived at Hot Topic. Um, then she said, Stacy the bartender is on Sheena's podcast. Yes, I listen to it every week. Don't judge me. And then I asked her for the dirt. And so she hears a little rundown from Hev. Okay. Um, so far, no. One of the producers, Bill, was a producer on The Hills. I asked if they talked about The Hills. Um, so Sheena knows him from then. Sheena is teasing Stacy about living with her, moving out to move in with Holly. Oh, yeah. and they were BFFs when Rob was a club doorman and Sheena started dating him. Okay. Um... Uh, then Heather tweeted us about the news that MTV is considering relaunching The Hills, yeah. which is very exciting. Um, and then Sleazy T, Taylor Anderson, tweeted us on June 15th and said, I miss you guys. I have my first solo road trip soon. I may have to listen to back I may have to listen back to all the old episodes. Also, thank you so much for donating to my birthday charity. Um, we donated to her birthday charity. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. Um <laughs> You're a good Samaritan. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Taylor, so much. And um, I hope you had an amazing road trip. I'm sure it's long over now, unless you were driving to the lower tip of South America, because um, that was on June 15th. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and, we're, like, we're back. We're, we're back now, and we'll be back sporadically. And then Heather sent us, did you see this hysterical picture she sent it to you, too, of Whitney with her arms cropped off? Yes. Yeah, so she sent us a picture of Whitney and her husband, um, and she weirdly photoshopped it so her arms are missing. It's very strange, but it's funny. I retweeted it so you guys can see that. It was creepy. I didn't understand. Um, and then we have a tweet from Lou at LucinderVision. Um, guys, I had the most insane dream last night. Kelly Catrone sent me to Paris to deliver a cupcake. She drove me to DCA, not even an international airport, mind you, via hovercraft, and gave me a packed parachute in case of emergency. Um, and I tweeted her back and said, well, now you're also forever to be known as the girl who never went to Paris. Yeah. Um, and then she tweeted asking what happened to Whitney's arms and Heather responded to her. Um, and then today, uh, Lou tweeted us, um, and at loose intervention, Lucindervention. Um, I have been in a reality show black hole for the past several hours slash days. For your consideration for future series, Dukes of Melrose, 
which I haven't even heard of. That sounds interesting. Fashion Hunters, Real Housewives of D.C., and in parentheses she wrote, I said it, I meant it, I'm not taking it back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I watched it. I I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. I mean, I think you'd enjoy it because it's DC, but it was, and it was a short run. Like, I don't think it had that many episodes. Right. It mostly ended up being about the Salahis when it all was said and done, which was right. kind of interesting. So, right. I mean, it's not done. Um, the City, comma, I mean, in parentheses, only season one, season two is garbage. Well, as of now, until we run through our list, we're sticking to things that were only one season, even yeah. if they were, season two was garbage. Yeah. Um, and then, hey, Paula which I think was only one season, and which I watched when it was on, the Paula Abdul reality show. Oh, boy. And it is good. She is a nightmare person. Okay. And it's beautiful to watch. That might... Of all those listed, Hey, Paula would be my number one. Uh, Well, we don't know about Dukes of Melrose and Fashion Hunters yet. We should look it up. That's true. Dukes of Melrose sounds familiar, though, and I don't know why. Well, we'll look it up later. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much, Lou. We appreciate that. Yeah. Our list is so fun. And we only have a few more episodes of Kill on Earth, so... I'm excited for our next endeavor. Uh, I'm leaning towards Princess of Malibu. Ooh. Because then we'll have round out all of the, the hills, hills adjacent. adjacent stuff. Yeah, good call. And it's not that many. It's short, too. Okay. It's a shorty. And, speaking of which, Brody Jenner just got married. Congrats, Broads. It's officially off the market. I wonder what um, What's-Her-Face did on that day. Jade. Oh, I don't know. I should have been keeping a close eye on that. But he and his fiancée, Caitlin, got married in Indonesia. And the majority of his family was not in attendance. Because Caitlin didn't go, right? No. Linda was there, his mother and his All he cares about is Linda and Brandon. Yeah, they were there. And the other kids. I think the... Caitlin's other kids. The first from the first marriage. Oh. Not sure. I bet they were there. They're pretty Probably. close. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just like the Kardashians and Jenners. I mean, I mean sp- those Jenners. Speaking of people with expensive wedding destinations, though, my God. Yeah. It was a cool resort, though. Don't think I didn't look it up, because I did. Um, were they in ba- Bali? or like Because oh. one of my client's daughters got married in Bali, and other than the flight, it actually was pretty inexpensive. I mean, it was like a five-star place, but like things are just cheaper there. Well, so. the Daily Mail wrote about Brody's wedding with the price tag on the night included. Oh, okay. Like, there Because they love to do that. Um, and another little tidbit for you guys, Kristen Cavallari's reality show on E! starts this coming Sunday the 9th, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So if anybody, I probably will check it out at some point. I'm going to record it. Yeah. I'm also working from home this summer, so I've got even more time to cram in some bad stuff. So I will cram that in. So for this week's Runway Rundown, was hoping for a really good one. Not not satisfied with the amount of information that was uncovered, but this week's Runway Rundown is Andrew Serrano. And Tandrew. Tandrew. Okay, Tandrew. And much like Andrew Muckamel, he's had one of the best come-ups since the show ended. Really? Yeah. So, Andrew is a graduate of the Parsons School of Design. He got a degree in fashion marketing. He, After this? I think before. So, he went to hair school, was a hairdresser, then he went to Parsons, then he did... I'm confused. So, the weird thing about when I was trying to look up information about him, he has removed all previous information about, like, everything before his current job isn't there. Oh. And it doesn't say where he's from, and... It's just that he lives in New York. He went to Parsons and his current job. That's it. I'm wondering if he went to Parsons after this then. Maybe. 
Um, but then in an interview where they're talking to him about his current position, it says Serrano was previously at People's Revolution. So Andrew now is the vice president of global fashion at IMG Models. Oh my God. How did that happen? And he's been at IMG Models for almost nine years. Well, then he didn't go to Parsons after this. Right. Yeah. And he was promoted last March, March 2017. But before that, he was the director of global public relations. And now he's a VP. So he went from being Kelly's intern to, we're not going to talk about what happened until the end of this episode, but... To working at IMG Models and then... In less than a year. No, no, no. He he slowly worked his way up because he's been there for nine years, but he is currently the VP. But I'm saying he was, wasn't he head of PR? Didn't you just say that before that? That was the position before VP, yes. But, like, he wasn't hired as a director of global PR. He was too young. But he's slowly worked his way up there in nine years, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last job listed in an interview that I found with him was People's Revolution. And that's it. Crazy. I never would have guessed he would. I just would have thought he would have gone back to doing hair. But I guess that makes sense, right? So he's been there for, like, eight and three quarter years. It's 2018. So he joined IMG Models low in the ranks, and he's been there the whole time. Yeah. But I'm wondering how low in the ranks. He could have been, like, a PR assistant or yeah, something like that. I guess. Yeah. So the two events that he, like, is in charge of now in his position are New York Fashion Week and Australia Fashion Week. Interesting. For our ladies down under. Um, and he is on Instagram. You guys can find him. We follow him. The podcast does. Um, nothing too exciting. Some of his travels are interesting, like when he goes to Australia or goes to a fashion show. But his Instagram bio says, Champagne, Britney, bronzer, shows. He's, uh, so I'm assuming he still as tan as ever. He is, but at least it's bronzer now and not tanning beds, apparently. Okay. All right. And that's all that I've got on Serrano. Well, I mean, no, but that's a lot. No Facebook profile, no LinkedIn profile, like nothing more than what I've uncovered. He was on a, a podcast episode recently, but you had to, like, join the website to listen to it. I'm not doing that. No. And he, um, I think we follow him on Twitter. I believe I found his tweet. Yeah, I think, I think his handle is the same. And his last tweet was from March. I checked that, too. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. so. Yep. Guess he's just living life. I think he's actually that busy. Yeah. As a VP of, <laughs> <laughs> like, global world takeover at a big company. Fine. Well, I guess he really is stronger than yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can dive into this episode then. Uh, well, before it starts, we get a Skinner supercut of her being exacerbated. Oh, right. And we forgot to say, this episode is called Skinner's Boiling Point. Which makes no sense. Right. Episode six, Skinner's Boiling Point. We failed to mention that. <laughs> did we look it up on IMDb? To we see did. if it's different. You we know did. how sometimes yeah. when they stream, it's wrong? Because we were saying that it would have made more sense for last week to be Skinner's boiling point. That's true. And Amazon has actually okay, gotten it so wrong for me before. Kill. Oh, why because I I'm a weirdo and I noticed that one of the episodes of 90210 was incorrectly labeled. Well, it was doing it with the hills, too. Yeah. Kill on Earth. Okay. Season. Where is Skinner's boiling point according to Wikipedia? Videos image. Why is my phone being slow? Or what's ways to watch videos? Just to, oh, here we go. All episodes. <laughs> 
I have my phone's being crazy slow. Um, but I would imagine if it's, just, it's on Wikipedia, that's the case. But, um, yeah, Skinner's Boiling Point on IMDb as well. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's weird. Um, but we were just saying that we thought last episode should have been called Skinner's right, Boiling Point. when she because... got into it with Emily. Yeah. Do you want to pop that here? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes. So, the episode opens, everyone's at the office, as they always are, and everyone's upset because they have run out of printer paper. And in the... I, in one of the ways that this is just shows like that Kelly should be exacerbated with these idiots, they apparently ran out of um, printer paper that morning. And it was 5 p.m. 5 p.m. when they were bringing it to anyone's attention and doing anything about it. Yeah. And Kelly says that. She says, now that it's 5 p.m., why did no one tell me that we ran out of paper? Yeah. We see more of Michelle this episode. Yeah. And she's apparently the lifestyle director. Who knew? Excuse me? What? The girl who smacks gum, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Since when? What? And it's completely together. Yeah. Like, the gum-smacking idiot is now, like, got her shit together and is, like, firing on all cylinders. It was very weird. Um, We also get Kelly explaining to us that Andrew is a rich, spoiled brat who has no need to work, but does so because he's bored. Right. So she says that, as my grandmother would say, Andrew was born with his ass on a tub of butter. Which I've never heard in my life. No. And why does that mean you're rich? I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think rich people have butter out of a tub. No, I... They have it, like, carved in swans and hearts and stuff. Or, like, in a nice gold wrapper. Or yeah. A, someone then puts and a on stick. a plate. Yeah. Like, like, I've never been to a wealthy person's house and they pulled out a big tub of butter. <laughs> Only the finest country crock in this <laughs> mansion. <laughs> So then Kelly gets understandably pissed off about this paper situation, and she asks Andrew in a very aggressive Spencer Pratt-like tone, she says, is there anything else this office is out of that I need to be aware of while holding her Blackberry? And he starts to rattle off a whole list. He's like, page protectors and this and that. And she says, can you just type it up and print it for me? And he looks like what he wants to say is, I can't print it because we're out of paper. And they cut, and I really wished we'd gotten to see that. (laughs) So then Andrew says that he always worked in college because he was bored and he had tons of time, but everybody knew he didn't need the money. And honestly, and I'm going to talk a lot more about this later on, but I think that it's maybe not even so much that he's a man, why Kelly treats him the way she does, but she treats him not because he's rich. Yeah, she wants the connection that he could bring. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. So then we go to a new scene where Tandrew is talking about how Robin has no patience for him. And she really doesn't. (laughs) I don't want to say that I'm on Serrano's side or that I think he's particularly bright because he's not. But that's why I was wanting you to move that. Oh, you can't hear. No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) ignore us so she really doesn't have any patience for Serrano though and she's very short with him well I'm going to rescind my comment because in my notes I wrote Robin yells at Tandrew because he sucks but obviously he doesn't suck if he went to another company rose through the ranks and became vice president yeah Um, he also earned a few points in my book for his impression of Robin (laughs) he said Robin one minute will be talking to Stephanie or Kelly and laughing and having a good time and they show her doing just that 
And then he says, but then as soon as I ask her a question, she'll say, it's right there. Did you look at the email? It's right in the email. Look at it. It's right there. And then they show a clip of her doing that. That is very much how she talks to him. Yeah. So I, I felt a little bad for him. So then in the next scene, the paper is delivered from Staples. <laughs> So Andrew Muckamel explains that the way they order paper at People's Revolution, and this makes sense when you think about eight years ago, nine years ago, if you pay by a check, you then have to like scan a copy of the check and like do all weird things with staples. Right, exactly. So he got really annoyed of the whole process and decided that he didn't want to have to do it again for a while. So he ordered 20 boxes of paper. Yeah. Which, Which is a very rich kid thing to do. Right. And when we say boxes of paper, we don't mean packets of paper. It means there are 12 packets in each box. Yeah. So People's Revolution doesn't even have room for that many boxes of paper. Not really. So it, the paper order cost $560. And he only ordered two boxes of, of toilet, toilet paper. paper. So they make jokes that they're going to have to wipe their asses with printer paper. And Kelly is laughing about it. She's like, oh, it's just like Andrew to like throw money at a problem. And now he cost me $567. And if it was Serrano, I mean, I mean, Skinner, she would have crucified her for that and would not have thought it was funny at all. She would have crucified Serrano too. Well, any of them. But I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Although I can also see if she yelled at Andrew and Muckamel, he would just be like, whatever, I'll pay for it. Yeah, of course. So then in the next scene, we are at Andrew Muckamel's apartment. And he's having a few friends over now that Fashion Week's dress is over, I guess. And he's giving them a tour of his apartment. He talks about his Rick Owens shoes. Wedges. Wedges, yeah. Um, And he has a armchair that is Atelier Versace and we spend a lot of time talking about it. Well the apartment's kind of confusing because he says that it's attached to his parents. Yeah. And he's like and I knew when I was going to I knew what the walls were looking were going to look like and this is going to look like and he's like I had room for one chair. So I feel like the entryway and all of that is not his apartment. Like it seems like a studio. Like for him to say like I had room for one chair in my bedroom. Like, he didn't say in my bedroom. He's like, I had room for one chair. And in the bedroom, and he talks about the bed, and this and that and the other thing, I almost feel like the apartment, his quote-unquote apartment, is really just like a room in his parents' apartment. I don't know, though. I, I mean, I have no idea. Because then he has a whole living room full of furniture and a dining room table, and... So what does he mean he only has room for one chair? I don't... I think he was talking about his bedroom. I don't know. It looks later like he has the whole apartment, though. Oh, I think his parents were there and they were just in another part of the apartment. Maybe. I think it's a giant apartment. Yeah. Because there, so, like, I have, like, there's an apartment building down the street from me, um, uh, Tiber Island, and I had a friend that lived there and he lived in a studio apartment that was attached to, because they're condos, to his landlord's apartment. And there was a door that went between them. Yeah. But they just put, like, a bookcase in front of it. But it was, like, separate, like, studio with a little kitchen and stuff. So I feel like that's kind of Andrew's setup, but they probably don't have a bookcase in front of the door. He can probably come and go in the parents' apartment as he pleases. Yeah. So there's a front door from the hallway of the building, okay. but also an entryway to his apartment from his parents. Yeah. That could be. Because I got the feeling that was his parents' apartment where he was having the dinner party. The only thing that makes me think otherwise are those zebra print chairs. Oh, you don't think that, like, mommy and daddy's little baby gets to be like, oh, I want these chairs, like, this is the way I want to decorate. 
Oh, if it's, if, if my hesitation would be if they were his mother's chairs. I don't think those were his mother's chairs. I think he, those were his. So. Oh, I just thought that I could see him strong arming his mother into letting him decorate the entire apartment. Maybe. Theirs and his. Yeah, because if they're from Scarsdale, wouldn't they still live there? Is this just like their city apartment? Oh yeah, maybe it's like a petit terre in the city. Yeah. Petit terre. And, and they like let him live there and decorate it, but then they come in through sometimes, maybe? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, he has a dinner party later, guys. So. Yeah. And he has this this chair. And I like that his friends who are, like, in his apartment are not that impressed by it. So Well, they shouldn't be. Versace furniture is hideous. Yeah. No, and his friend sits in it. And he was like, so this is what a Versace chair feels like? And Andrew is freaking out about it and is so excited about it. And the and his friend goes, oh, so it's, like, big pimping? Like, he, like, didn't really care. Which I stand by. I I wouldn't really care about that. And Andrew admits he was given way too much in life, but it's not like he was unappreciative. And I kind of do agree with that. Like, I mean, I think as someone who's grown up with everything he's ever wanted, yeah. he, I mean, he's definitely not grounded by any sense of the imagination, but as someone who's grown up like that, I think he's the most grounded he can be being that person. Well, and he's aware of it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. out of anyone I've ever met who's been handed everything to them on a silver platter... In my life, he seems the most down-to-earth about it. Yes. I would agree. Well, he's kind of like... Like a Shep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Shep lived... I don't know about Yeah, that. he's like a goth Shep. Yeah, a goth gay But with more ambition. <laughs> Honestly, at least Andrew works. Okay. Well, so then we go back to People's Revolution, and the team is having a meeting. And this looked like old footage to me. Um, this meeting with Skinner and Robin, Emily, and Kelly. So they're sitting around and they're talking about how Kelly has put in at least 40 to 60 grand of her personal money so that people could get paid. In three to four months. Yeah. Like, not in a year. Like, in three, three to four months. Yeah. So then they have this, like, sit down with Stephanie and they say, you're not going to be helpful when you burn out. And then Stephanie explains she's been being pulled in 500 different directions. Well, I think this meeting came right after when she walked out last week. Right. Maybe this is why the episode's titled this, but... Because she says to her, like, it's no use to us if you tell everyone to fuck off and walk out the door. Right. Which is what she'd done. So, like, I think this meeting must have been, like, a day or two after that incident. I guess so. So then Kelly says she's going to put Andrew on Stephanie five days a week. Like, to assist Stephanie instead of assisting Kelly. Um, and so then you see an interview with Andrew where he says that he's realizing that they can't afford an assistant solely for Kelly, which is probably true. Kelly probably wants an assistant, but she can't afford it right now. And then Kelly ends the meeting with all of her staff by saying, let's not be scared of the abundance we've created. Okay. Okay. Well, I get what she's saying and I appreciate it, but they were just talking about how they don't have an abundance of funds right now, so. Well, and I guess this is what I'm a little confused about is like, how can you, on the one hand, cry, we don't have enough business, I'm having to take my own money to pay people's salaries. And on the other hand, we are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, huh? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, there's no more hours in the day. It doesn't seem like you can take on any more work, but you're not making enough to pay people. Like, I don't understand it at all. No, I don't either. I really don't. So then we get another scene in the office of Andrew answering Kelly's extension. And Skinner makes fun of the way he answers the phone. 
he does have quite a tone when he answers the phone. So he says, Kelly Catrone's office, this is Andrew. And she says that it's like kind of his porno voice. And you can see Voorhees in the background behind him. Yeah, Merrick caught that. It was a good check, check too. So that was a while. I mean, but it, I feel like a lot of these montage things, they mix and match. And he always looks the same. Yes. I also, this was my next note, and I should have pointed this out to you as well. When he's sitting and on the phone, he's wearing that mesh shirt. Yeah. When he stands up and walks away, he's wearing a leather vest. Oh, all right. So it's two different pieces of footage. Um, so he talks about whether or not he really wants to learn public relations, and he's not so sure. And then we transition to Kelly talking about her new client, Zenya, and they are creating a line of dresses under $500, which is genius during a recession. Yes. According to Kelly. The biggest recession we've had since the Great Depression. Yeah. Recession is a buzzword of Kelly's for the, I think, for the remainder of the series now. But, I mean, at the time we were in one, so. It's true. So then we have a scene in Kelly's apartment with her and Ava. And Ava's actually really cute in this scene. Kelly is mopping the floor and her mother calls. And I guess she calls Ava every day. And they put her on speakerphone and talk to Kelly's mom. And the grandmother says that she went to Walmart. (laughs) Which does not go over well. No. And Ava says, that's so bad. Don't shop at Walmart. And then Kelly says that she's doing a good job of training the next generation of Americans. They hang up the phone and Ava says, I can't believe mom. I guess she calls her grandmother mom. And then she calls Kelly mommy. Yeah. I guess. And she says, I can't believe mom shops at Walmart. The enemy of Target. And that's not where I thought that was going. Like, I thought that they were just horrified because it was like a discount store. But then to find out they're just horrified because it's the enemy of Target, I I did not think that's where that conversation was going. Well, so you also have to think back to Target always came out and marketed itself a little trendier. Oh, yeah. Well, and they partnered with all these fashion designers. Exactly. So I could see where Kelly would excuse Ava going to Target, but... If Ava went to Walmart, Kelly would judge. And also, Kelly tells her mother that she's her number one homegirl. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, okay. Yeah, she said, bye, Mom, I love you. You're my number one homegirl. Yeah. Does your mother even know what that means? No. Yeah. So, then Andrew is... Serrano. Tandrew. Tandrew is working with Robin... And there's something about RSVPs and printed and then a PDF and printing and they need 120. Basically, Robin's yelling at Andrew yet again. Yeah. And Andrew decides, as everyone in this show does, that her problem is she needs to get laid. That that is the common theme throughout this entire season is that if anyone's stressed or tense or having a problem, they need need to to get get laid. laid. Like that's people's revolutions. Number one answer to everything. It is. Yeah. So then they do this scene again where they walk around the neighborhood. And this is old footage as well because Robin, Kelly, and Emily are walking around with that woman who worked for Agent Provocateur, the blonde woman. And so then they run into this young man named Lucien. I just said Robin picks up a meth head. Yeah. Um, And Kelly calls it, in a moment of aggressive, enlightened behavior, Robin snags a skater boy. That's what she says. And he shows them all these, like, handmade books that he makes. And Robin has the most disgusting giggle I've ever heard come out of a grown woman. Yeah, I don't... I I do not get this... I mean, I understand Kelly and I guess Robin's aesthetic is this, like, 
grody skater boy like anorexic meth head is what they go for um but i just don't get it but my favorite part of the whole scene well two things about the scene number one you're not walking around to blow off steam you're going outside to smoke yeah we didn't see the footage of it but you guys are going to the corner to sit on the stoop and smoke cigarettes like that's a thousand percent what you're doing they all smoke and number two did you notice that kelly had raided andre leon telly's closet yeah i mean she's wearing the craziest blanket poncho Kaftan hybrid thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It looks like a tapestry that she pulled out of a Catholic church and just draped around herself. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, I have another note about Lucian later, and I have another note about Kelly's outfit. I have another too. note about Lucian later, but not about Kelly's outfit. Okay. Um, so then we get a scene at the office. That's I keep saying that because that's all we ever get. And it's 8.45 at night, and Andrew has been put in charge of working this Xenia photo shoot the following day, which basically means he's in charge of, like, ordering the catering and making sure that things arrive on time and setting stuff up. It's not necessarily this... Kelly makes it sound like he's been promoted or something, and basically he's just finally showing up to a photo shoot and doing work instead of standing next to Kelly. Well, I think what they were trying to emphasize was that, like, he's this is a non-Kelly's assistant job. This is an actual yeah. people's revolution job. Yeah. Um, we also got the little um, snippet with the Skinner versus Andrew M. work ethic. Right, that's where I was going. Um, because... Stephanie basically says that when Andrew wants to go home for the day, he just goes home, whereas she'll stay there apparently forever. Yeah. Well, and that again boils down to if you don't need this job. I mean, Andrew could just never work again. So I think for him, it's like, I'm going home. Like I put, and it's hard to decide who to side with because I don't think anyone should be working 18, 20 hours a day, probably for no money. Um, so on that case, I'm on Andrew's side, but also, I don't know. It's just confusing. Yeah, no, I would agree. So then we are at the Xenia photo shoot for their lookbook, and Andrew jokes with Stephanie that she keeps the office running and he keeps morale up. And Kelly informs us that she trains her employees by barking orders at them. Yeah. And there's some back and forth with the photo shoot of Kelly, like, teaching Andrew how to set up catering and making sure that he's cleaning things. And then she has them adjust some eye makeup and then she has them adjust some hair. Yeah. I had a little hair PTSD with that one. So in this scene for working with a client, Kelly's wearing one of her ugly tunics that looks like a seventies tablecloth. And you would think of all days where Kelly would wear all black. It would be to work on a photo shoot with a client. Yeah. A little weird, but yeah. Yeah. So then, and the photographer was Patrick Anderson. Oh, do we know him? Uh, he's like a fashion guy. I mean, he's not huge, but okay. he's, he's... I saw that they gave him a nameplate. I guess it's for a reason. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. So then Kelly asks Andrew Muckamel who he ultimately wants to work for, and he basically says he rises to the heavens with... Or I sailed to the darkness with Rick Owens or something like no, that. No, no, no. She said, if you had to choose one designer... Yeah. And I can't remember what the two choices were. Givenchy or McQueen. Yeah. And he then says the Rick Owens thing. Okay. She's and like, then, if God came down from heaven yes, okay. and made you choose just one, and he's okay. like, oh, I'd say all the heavens. Okay. And then she says, well, if you give me eight months, I can get you a job with him or something like that. And so then as Andrew's leaving the photo shoot, she thanks him for the day and for his hard work because he actually, he, he seemed to do quite a bit at the photo shoot. And she says, did you learn a lot? And he says, please, every day. 
Well, and I just wrote that Kelly's up Andrew's ass, and it's... So bad. Kind of... It's not good. It gets worse, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, then we get another scene of Robin and Serrano. And she really... I don't like the way she talks to Tandrew. It makes me so uncomfortable. So he tries to explain why something isn't printing right, and he's scanning something from a magazine is what he's doing to send to a client so they can see proof that they got a write-up in a magazine. And it's hard to scan because it, it covers a full spread. So when you open the magazine, you have to scan two pages, but then when you try and print it on it, I get what he's saying. And she just says, well, you're going to have to figure it out. I don't like the way it looks. I get what she's saying, but she's so mean to him about it. She's never soft with him, ever. And she's not, but I almost wonder if... I mean, he's never done this before. So on the one hand, like, you're an intern, you've never done it before, they should be helping you out. But I don't think they look at it that way. I think they don't care who you are, and you should just instinctively know everything all the time. Right. So I have a feeling he's probably asked her 4,000 questions that day. I'm and sure. this was probably just like, Argh! Like, I'm, even if it was a valid question, I'm sure she just, like, had it. Yeah. Um, I also loved the um, shade that the um, editors threw in, because as she's yelling at him and he's having his breakdown, they did a close-up on his Stronger Than Yesterday tattoo. Yes. <laughs> so the other thing, he says he <coughs> considers quitting every day, and... I appreciated that he had a little meltdown and he went to Skinner and he wanted to kind of complain and just vent. And Skinner actually gave him a good piece of advice, I thought. She said, you must be doing something right if they're trusting you to do the work in the first place. Which is a good thing to think about when you're in a tough spot at work. You know, like they wouldn't be giving work to a total idiot. They're giving it to you because they think you can do it. Presumably. They give people at my work work all the time that are total idiots, so. I still thought it was a really nice way for Skinner to cover that, though. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll agree with <laughs> I, that. I, I thought that was a valid piece of advice to offer someone who may or may not be an idiot, but I'm going to take it with me on a day when I'm having a bad day, perhaps. So then we get to watch Kelly kiss Andrew's ass even more, and they go visit Stephen Jones, who is a milliner, which is a hat designer, and she brings Andrew Muckamel with her to parade around. Under the guise of trying to teach him what goes on when she's outside of the office. Yeah. Sure. But I think that, like, it's not even... She favors Andrew, but I think she dragged him to this to gain favor with a client. Just like you said, like, as a lapdog. Yes. Like, oh, they're going to think this gothed-up Upper West Side, or Upper East Side, um trust fund kid is just like bees knees and they're going to be so intrigued by him. Yep. Um, and Kelly is so funny when she's in business mode. She asks the designer, do you keep any samples in New York? You're welcome to keep some samples at people's if you want to. And she says, I think the issue is, can you make hats the thing to have for two to three years? <laughs> it's just such a fashion thing to say. And uh-huh. it's kind of funny. And then the designer says that he wants to get a hat on Michelle Obama. And Kelly drops the name of Michelle Obama's press secretary. And Andrew starts wearing one of the hats, and it's a felt crown, which is actually kind of cool, but it's Andrew, so it annoyed me. And they ask the designer who his biggest fan is, because he's British, and he says, well, the Queen, obviously. Well, they specifically said England. Who's your biggest fan in England? Yeah, the Queen. Brits love hats, guys, obviously. Um, well, I've decided that I need to become a milliner because I want to have a hot boyfriend, too. His boyfriend was cute. Oh, was that his boyfriend? The guy with the beard? I didn't see. 
Yeah. Oh. It's cute. Okay. I'm assuming it was his boyfriend. I mean, they never got a nameplate. I don't know why else he would have been there. Yeah. Maybe, well, he could have been like... And they were sitting next to each other on the couch. Like, I, I think that he was like his younger, like, boy toy. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but then Kelly says that she just jokes about how they're sitting around wearing $3,000 hats and drinking $20 cappuccino. So. She's like, but that's for business. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And this episode of Cal and Earth had a similar problem to the hills with clothing and weather. Did you notice that? Yeah. So we're walking around. We're smoking cigarettes. Lucian's wearing a tank top. But then when we see Lucian again, he's wearing a trench coat. And they say, aren't you going to be hot in that? And he says, no, I like to be cozy. But in this scene, Andrew and Kelly are both wearing leather and scarves. So this episode was very pieced together. Yeah. It's, it's very confusing. So then we have another quick meeting with the Xenia team about the lookbook and Kelly saying she wants to get the dresses on some Hollywood girls, maybe even the Kardashians or Nikki Hilton. Who's our friend. Yeah, because remember Nikki Hilton had that line of purses. Yeah, of course. Yes. How many did you have? None. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she says a good client is one who pays on time and says thank you. And I think that was an old clip too, wasn't it? I, she's. I believe she's even said it before. Like yeah. that's yeah. Not the first time we've heard that. I'm yeah. sure it won't be the last. And some of these dresses from Xenia looked familiar, so I looked it up and I wanted to see I, because I do think she succeeded in getting some of these dresses on some of these younger celebrities at the time. I was telling Frank, I swear I remember Ashley Simpson wearing one of these, um, but I couldn't. I couldn't confirm that Google image search would not would not go that far. So, but they if when you look up the. If you want to look them up anyway, you'll recognize a few of them, I think. So then we see Tandrew start to have a meltdown. Yes. I think this episode should be called Andrew's Meltdown. It should have been. Andrew's Boiling Point is what it should have been called. Yeah. So way back when he was hired, he had asked Robin about going to California the week after Fashion Week because he has a wedding. But he didn't realize at the time that after Fashion Week is almost as busy as Fashion Week because of all the final reports and things that they have to do. Shouldn't Robin have told him that when he asked? Yeah, that's not on Andrew. Yeah. And so Robin at the time had said it was okay, and now that they're short-staffed and there's nobody to work, he feels really guilty about it, but he tells Kelly that he has to go. So she says, obviously, it's not a good time for you to not be here, but you, if you have to go, you have to go. And that's where they leave that. Yes. And they make it seem like he might not go. Like, he almost seems like he's waffling. Like, should I? Maybe I should stay. I don't... I thought they kind of teased that a little bit with him. That makes me think that he wanted to go to a wedding, but that it wasn't... It wasn't a huge deal. I don't think it was, like, his sister or something. I think it was, like, a friend. Yeah. Yeah. He, He would have mentioned it if it was a family member. Right. So then we see Lucien again. And he comes to the office with his skateboard, wearing a trench, a wool trench coat. Like, it's a, it's a heavy looking coat and he looks hot. Not hot, like sexually hot. I mean, like physically hot in it. And he's picking up Robin for a date. And I said that he looks like an Orlando Bloom Pirates of the Caribbean knockoff. I I will take that. And I just wrote, Lucien looks way better without the hat. Yes. Like, with the hat, I was like, ah, but I could see he was cute without the hat. Well, he has, like, a really teeny man bun, and he does kind of look like Orlando Bloom. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, I don't remember what Lucian says to Robin, but Robin's answer is, you don't have to speak. Please don't, actually. 
<laughs> and I wanted to remember what he said to her. But I don't remember. You don't have to speak. Please don't, actually. Okay. Um, then we see Tandrew leaving for California. Uh, well, first, we, didn't we get the... Was that before or after the Ava interstitial? Before. Oh, it was before. Mm, which one? With the high heels. Oh, I didn't take notes on that, so I'm not sure where that Oh, was. there was just a little, like, I feel like every episode we get a little, like, Benny Hill, da 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 with, like, Ava, <laughs> where it's just, like, apropos of nothing, and yeah. we just get a little comedy, and Ava's running around the office in high heels. Well, they say in Mommy's shoes, but they were pink, sparkly shoes. This were not Kelly's shoes. Yeah. They were just high heels that were in the office. Thank you for pointing that out. That was going to be my one note about that yeah, scene. Yeah, no. Fuck no. Those were not Kelly's shoes. Um, and then she puts on Michelle's boots and, you know, whatever. That and then the she looks like a Pirates of the Caribbean. She outfit. does, yes. <laughs> she looks like a swashbuckler. Um, yeah, they, I wonder if she meant mommy's shoes because they were like, mommy people, owns them or people's revolution yeah. shoes kind of thing. So then we see, um, Tandrew saying goodbye to Makamel and Makamel says, you'll be missed, but maybe they'll, <laughs> while you're gone, they'll fire you. That would be nice. And Tandrew says, that would be nice. I don't want to have a job like that where I pray to get fired every day. Well, but if you have a job like that, quit. Like, neither of them need this job. Right. So just quit. Like, that's the part I don't understand. Yeah. So, in the following scene, we see Muckabell. Oh, my God. I know what I forgot to talk about. We have to back up to before the shade with the Stronger Than Yesterday tattoo. Yeah. Andrew, or Tandrew, says he's only making $15,000 a year. Oh, and yeah. I meant to real quick look up, like, what a minimum wage was in 2010. That's can't even be minimum wage. That's not legal. I don't know. I mean, this is insane. Maybe it was like a contract thing for a couple months. Because he's an intern, you mean? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but that's insane. I just assumed it was for the year. Right. Cause no, because he, no, he says someone who should be making 60. Yeah. He definitely is talking about for the year. Oh, God. That's so horrifying. Sorry, I forgot, because I was looking for when it came and I realized it was earlier, but yeah, I was shocked by that. No, I was too. So then we get Muckamel on the phone with his mother. <laughs> and he refers to his mother as his assistant. And he's talking about his Adams family themed dinner party. I'm sorry, but this is where I went on Andrew. Yeah. Like that is the biggest stupid goth cliche. Like no one should want to have an Adams family themed dinner party after if they're goth after they're 15 or 16 at most. Sorry, Heather. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like just, and then don't even get me started on the actual dinner party, which had fucking nothing to do with the Adams family. Yeah. No. Just, he just, just wanted candelabras. Yeah. I mean, it could have easily just been a Beetlejuice-themed party. I mean, no one would have been able to tell the difference. No. And he says, my assistant's so stressed out. And he invited Michelle and Skinner, but he would have invited Kelly, but it's not like Kelly wants to come up to 57th Street to have dinner with a bunch of 20-year-olds. And that is correct. Correct, yeah. Yeah. And Kelly, earlier in this episode, said that Andrew lived on Fifth Avenue, so he must live at 57th and 5th. And now I will look that up for the next time. Because there you, go. <laughs> you know I will. And actually, I think the f- following scene was one of my least favorite of the episode when we have to watch Kelly, Robin, and Emily go out to dinner. I have so much to say about it, though. Let's do it. Um, so they're at Barmoche. 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 Yeah. Um, so, in... This is my problem with it. And maybe today things would be different. But especially today with, like, the Me Too movement. Yeah. And, you know, people are so hyper aware now of sexually harassing people and being inappropriate. This exchange between Kelly and the waiter, and she's done this numerous times on The Hills and on this show, 
is so inappropriate. Yes. Um, so Will the waiter comes over. He's very cute. He kind of gave me like a cute version of Sandoval from Vanderpump. In the face. Just the face. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't think Sandoval's cute. He but I thought is, this guy was cute. He has a similar man bun situation to Lucien, but he's cuter well, than Lucien. It was 2010. There was a lot of little baby man buns running around. Um, so, and all I said was in my notes was like, if a man treated the waitress the way Kelly was treating that waiter, heads would roll. And it's true. They, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Like, they flirt with him. They ask him if he's a boob or an ass man. They, at one point, were going to ask him to see his stomach. That, uh, you know, Kelly chases him. I mean, it just, it was inappropriate. And if it was happening with a woman and a man, I mean, people would freak out and I freaked out. Like it wasn't, it's gross to see. No. And there, so this was also, and it's not age appropriate either. Like he was a young guy. They're all yes. in their forties. Like I don't No, And it was also the very beginning of the meal. Yeah. They hadn't ordered anything yet. No. They were drinking water. He comes over to introduce himself and says, hi, I'm Will. I'll be taking care of you. And she starts asking him inappropriate questions. Yeah. Because she says, are you, do you like blonde or brunettes? Are you a boob, boob man or an ass man? And he says he's a boob man, which he shouldn't have answered any of these questions. And she says, big boobs or small boobs? First of all, when dudes say they're boob men, usually they don't mean small boobs. No offense to the smaller breasted ladies. And then Kelly says, what's the soup of the day? That's her follow-up question to the boob question is, what's the soup of the day? And I know that Kelly thinks she's being this, like, hip, cool... Power bitch. Power bitch. Yeah. Act like a man. But it's, that's not acting like a man. It's acting like a gross, creepy pervert. Yeah. I, it, I mean, I'm usually team Kelly all the way, but, like, not it, cool, Kel. No, and I think it's, it's creepy in this scene, too, because he doesn't seem invested at all. Like No. And at the end of the, I'm just going to talk about the whole scene because I don't, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it three times. He actually does give Kelly a phone number. Well, that's what I was going to say. We don't even know if it's really his number. It's a number. I hope it wasn't. But two, it may have been because they were with TV cameras and I, I'm sure that makes a difference. I don't, who knows if he would have given them the number if the cameras weren't there. And she said, he's so beautiful, he must be a model. And I wonder if there was another exchange that we didn't see where she said, you know, do you model for someone? And he said yes. Or, like, did he give his number because it was a professional thing? I don't know. Well, and that's the other thing. She has done this numerous times to models, and she's their boss. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross. So then when later when they're in the back of the cab... And they are tipsy and trying to get Robin to text message this Will, Will the waiter. Kelly says she's composing a text for Robin, which me and my friends don't even do that. I'm no. 10 years younger than Kelly and her friends. She says, Will, I'm so sorry. Catrone does stuff like that sometimes, but I secretly think you're amazing and would love to see you. Love, Robin. And Emily's the only one that says, I think that's a bit much. Yeah. That's 10 times too much. The whole thing was 10 times too much. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah. Hated it. I'm with you. It was terrible and creepy. And Robin's giggle sends shivers up my spine, as does her sparkly eyeshadow. She also must be, like, way better looking in person than on this show. Yeah. But again, they're TV cameras. Who knows, like, what's the draw? I mean, not that she's ugly by any means, but I don't think she's, like, pulling 23-year-old dudes hot. No, and in some of her confessionals, she does not look good. Like, I actually think that Emily 
Yes. Is the prettiest of the three of them. Yes. I, I would not be shocked at all if Emily was pulling 23-year-old dudes. That was the only funny part of the scene where Kelly was actually talking about this kid like he was a piece of meat and said, who wants this one? He's ripe for the taking. And Emily said, I have enough 20-year-old men in my life. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's actually funny. But what Kelly said is gross. So while the ladies are out to dinner harassing this poor waiter, Andrew Muckamel is throwing his dinner party. His stupid Adam's Family dinner party. Well, it's, yes, his stupid Adam's Family dinner party, which consisted of a black tablecloth and eight candles. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were large yeah. candles, but... Sorry, everybody. My husband's cooking us dinner upstairs, which is how the world should be, actually. <laughs> He's just making some noise. Don't mind him. Um, so, he, I didn't get it because he the mother, his mother said that she had to... They we're going to have to cater this. But then he was concerned with what people were bringing? Yeah. Which I think means drugs. Maybe. Yeah. So then the dinner was supposed to start at nine o'clock. Yes. Stephanie and Michelle are very late. You see Skinner is still in the office at 10 06. They show up at 11. Right. So they finally get there at 11 and Andrew didn't have people start eating until 10 30. Well, but remember the one part where he was saying something about like, maybe we should just start eating and his friend, that girl next to him w- and I was interested to know what her role was because she was being treated like an assistant. So, yeah, because she was like, she's like, no, 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 we should wait for your friends. And then at one point she's like, well, I just need to reheat everything. Like I already heated it. It's in the kitchen. I was like, are you the caterer? Like, who are you? Yeah. Um, so I think that he wanted to start eating and the friends were like, no, 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 we'll wait for your friends. Like, not a big deal. Yeah. Or he, the camera crew was yeah. like, hey, no eating until they show up. He's very upset when Stephanie and Michelle finally get there. But they had to finish the end of the week reports. And that actually is a, that is one night that Stephanie probably should work late is when she has to do an end of the week report. Well, and I also don't understand. I mean, they all have blackberries. I I believe that Skinner at 930 didn't say, hey, these reports are taking way longer than I thought. I know. We're not going to get there in time until like 11. We'll show up for dessert. We're still coming. Go ahead and eat without us. I know. Or why didn't Andrew say, where are you? Or call her 400 times. I mean, like, that part is dumb. Also, you know where Stephanie is. She's at the office. Call the office line. Yeah. And my other favorite is that I kind of, well, not favorite, but I'm kind of sad that didn't happen because I feel like if it did and it was over the phone, that Skinner would have kirked out on him and been like, the reason I'm not at your party is because you left early and I'm here yes. early. Like, yes. And I missed that. And because <laughs> she showed up at his house in front of his friends and was late, she didn't get to have that moment. And I really wanted that moment to happen. Yeah. So another thing happens at this dinner party, and I'm curious for your opinion. Once everybody's there and they're sitting at the dinner table, they say, let's do a cheers. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I don't say that. Is that, do people say that? Do a cheers? I don't. You say, let's toast. Yeah. Or you say, let's cheers. I don't even say cheers. I would say toast. Like, let's make a toast. Right. And that's become one of my new pet peeves now. And I feel like I'm noticing everybody says, do a cheers. It drives me nuts. Um, if I was going to do a cheers, I would probably have to sleep with Sam alone. Yeah. Do a cheers sounds like cheerleader. Let's do a cheer. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't stop noticing it now on television. Oh, uh, well. I think someone said it on maybe Below Deck or one of those shows that I'm watching right now. Well, maybe, maybe it's like European or British. Maybe that's how they say it there. Maybe they, And Andrew, I could see like affecting maybe some British colloquial slang. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. 
I'm curious. I'm looking up all kinds of stuff this episode. I mean, yeah, it's, I think if I've ever said that or had that said to me, it's let's, let's make a toast. See, to me, it sounds like Americans butchering something. Well, I don't know. There's nothing that sounds chic or European about let's do a cheers. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so in the final scene, because we're skipping over the back of the cab, because we already talked about that, Tandrew quit. Yep. Over the weekend, you guys. He... Never came back from the wedding. Never came back from the wedding. And they all don't seem surprised, but are surprised. Well, Skinner said she didn't seem that surprised. Andrew seemed a little surprised. I am surprised because that's not the impression they were... I mean, I guess we were supposed to be shocked when this happened. But that's not the impression we were being given. That's not the impression we were being given when he talked to Kelly about going to California because he's having this struggle, like, do I go, do I not go? Like, if you're seriously considering quitting your job, you don't even think twice. You just be like, I'm going to this wedding. I know that when you get there, you're going to quit. Right. Also, Did he pack up his whole apartment before he went to the wedding? Or do you think he came back to New York to grab his things? Well, I think he moved back to New York to work at uh, yeah. IMG. Right. So he must have just stayed in California for a while and then come back. Yeah. I'm sure he kept the apartment. And... That's so funny. And maybe he already had the other job in the works. Maybe. That could be. I mean, I think if you have a job that bad where you feel like quitting every single day and then you get away for four days of fun and you see some friends and you remember what life is like, I, I kind of get it. But I do think it's... I didn't see it coming at the time. Even no, he, I didn't at all. Even though he gets yelled at every five seconds. <laughs> but that's it for this episode. Um, well, we also, you didn't mention the amazing, hilarious goodbye Tandrew montage we oh, got. Oh, yeah. With the sad music. That and, like, good. the tanning bed and both of his tattoos and him doing Skinner's hair. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. That was funny. Um, yeah, so then, then it ends. And then uh, next time we get um, Money Problems... Uh, Kelly goes back to L.A., and we get to meet Skinner's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Who's... What's his... It starts with an A. Like, Alonzo, or... He has an interesting name. I will learn it next time. But I yeah. remember that from previous viewings. Um, so that's it for us, and we hope to see you all not sporadically. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at FranklyMareB at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.